0: Good morning, ladies. Good morning, ladies. Am I good? Okay. (laughs) All righty good morning ladies i'm so glad that you are here it is uh the last day of our workshop and i'm i hope that throughout this walk you guys have been able to receive um, a nugget or glean something that has helped you to uh, greater discern and receive uh, the love of the father Um, i am um, this has been an amazing for me as well. It has uh, definitely uh, even shown me a greater uh, a greater capacity of God's love and his heart for me. Um, and uh, stretching me and me being uh, vulnerable and open uh, to doing something that is kind of outside of my comfort zone. I'm a behind the scenes person. I, I'm an intercessor and I pray. And so for me to be Teaching is uh, is definitely a stretch, (laughs) and and, uh, availing myself to him has proven to be most fruitful, and uh, given me an opportunity to see uh, myself through his eyes. And so I'm grateful for you all being here and participating with me. And I pray that he continues uh, to move in our midst, and he gives us a revelation, a greater revelation today, of his heart, um, and his spirit. Um, So I'm going to try to move very quickly because today I. I do want um if anyone desires prayer we uh, want to pray um in the end um and just give anyone an opportunity to uh to ask uh, what they want of the father for his heart or from his heart and you know we pray for each other um, So, uh, let's begin. I'm going to start with just a small prayer. Um, So, uh, Father, we just thank you uh, for this fellowship and this time together as we uh, come before you, Father, just seeking your heart, coming, Lord God, for a greater revelation of your love, of your spirit, and of your truth. We pray, Father, that you would open eyes and hearts and minds to you, that we might receive your word in humbleness and meekness and in, in peace, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, so, um, the past three weeks, uh, we've kind of talked about the Father and his great love for us um, and his desire uh, for us to see him as Abba Father. Um, if you were at the first workshop, you know that Abba Father is a term of endearment. Um, it means Father, Father. And, uh, Abba is an Aramaic term meaning father and so it's kind of saying we really really are looking towards the father to be father father Um, we know that uh, he possesses a great love for us uh, an agape love for us and that this love is immeasurable um, incomparable it's selfless it's sacrificial um, it's the highest type of love and uh, the gift of his son Jesus it brings us uh, freedom from the power of sin but also uh, the capability of becoming sons and daughters of the father and adopting, being adopted into the family of God um, the father's heart is revealed by the son um, knowing Jesus as the son gives us access to knowing God as the father Um, So, he and the Father are one, and we receive a picture of the Father through his son, Jesus. Uh, So, it is from knowing um, the Father that we receive our identity and our purpose, Um, and uh, we receive acceptance, his acceptance, security, and direction in our lives, Um, and a new spiritual inheritance, uh, a new spiritual heritage. Uh, He acknowledges us. And that acknowledgement defines us. Uh, We are now children of the Most High God and able uh, to sit at the banquet table of his love. And feast upon all that he has prepared for us. Uh, He wants us to walk with him in fellowship and to experience that love daily. Uh, He wants us to uh, interact with him from that place. Um, And to know that all that we do in the kingdom and for him should be out of our love and our heart for him. Um, The knowledge of our identity in him and our relationship with him and knowing his heart should bring us to a greater and a higher level of recognizing who we are in Christ Jesus. Um, So um, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our souls, and mind, um, and, uh, and our strength. Um, and uh, this is basically the, uh, the definition of what we're called to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Um, some of the things that might keep us um, from loving that way um, are pride. Unforgiveness, uh, rejection, abandonment, rebellion, fear, insecurity, bitterness, shame, guilt, condemnation, unbelief, offense, persecution. Um, these are things that may keep us from drawing close to God. They may keep us from seeking his love. Uh, James 4.8 says, uh, draw near to God and he'll draw near To you Um, so our hearts long to draw near to him and our hearts long to seek him as father Um, so how do we draw near to him Um, we want a greater faith um, to know him and to comprehend his love for us Uh, it requires faith it requires faith to know his love for us it requires faith to grow in his love for us Um, So we want love to abound in our hearts um, and we want to move in knowledge and the depth of insight of his love that it might enlarge our hearts and our inner man so that God can pour out his spirit into us and we can receive a greater measure of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of him. So I know I probably said a whole lot in saying that. That's a lot of scripture wrapped up in one um but knowing the father's love requires a revelation by his spirit and we like if you're familiar with the story of Jabez um, when he cried out to God and he said Lord I, I pray that you would enlarge my territory now, he was talking about a physical territory. He was talking about, you know, Jabez meant son of pain. His mother birthed him in pain. We know in the Old Testament, a lot of the people got names that were indicative of how they came into the world. So, um, and, uh, and God is a name changer, but God is also one that is able to bless in spite of uh, the names that we may have received throughout life, no matter what the circumstances. Uh, so... Jabez prayed to God to enlarge his territory. And what we are looking is for God to enlarge the inner man, to give us uh, a capacity to open up our hearts in order for him to pour out his love in us um, and that we in turn are able to pour that love out to others. Uh, We want to be women after God's own heart. Um, And uh, since he's already chosen us and, 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 and called us, Uh, according to James 15 16 we know that he chose us we didn't choose him he chose us he called us he predestined us he foreknew us he acknowledged us he confirmed us and he uh, called us to be conformed to the image of his son so we are yet always evolving and being conformed and being transformed by the renewing of our minds into the image of the Lord Jesus Um, so like david we want to trust god in this process we want to trust him and know that in this process of drawing near to his heart of drawing near to his love that we can be like david we can be vulnerable Uh, we can be submissive Uh, we can we can relinquish control which as everyone who's been here for the past three weeks known that that's kind of been my great weakness, my Achilles heel. We can relinquish that control. We can be humble and submissive. We can be repentant. We can be obedient, surrendered, vulnerable, devoted, faithful. Um, One of the greatest things to recognize in our seeking God's heart and in seeking his love is that we've never arrived. We're always yet evolving. You know, we started as babes in the word, on the milk of the word, you know, and and, and we are continuing to evolve and become greater in our knowledge and revelation of him. So I would encourage you on today to think, what grade am I in, in my love for God and in my heart for him? Because we know that we go from faith to faith and glory to glory Nobody is just up (laughs) here. It doesn't happen that way. The people that say that it happens that way run from them because they will usually be very, very, very um, hard to deal with. (laughs) So we're always yet evolving and overcoming our past. We're always yet evolving and overcoming our traumas, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, our generational proclivities, as we all have them, as we're all born into families that are not perfect. Every family is a dysfunctional family from the beginning to the end. From the first family, <laughs> to, there's no family that's exempt. Uh, so we all have our generational proclivities that we deal with as well. So as we're seeking to become women, becoming women after God's own heart. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and being transformed by the renewing of our minds um, in order to receive that greater revelation um, we want to be as jesus has called us to be we want to be living epistles and we want to be tabernacles not built by hand um in the and in, in the scriptures god says uh, or jesus was talking um, and when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, of course we know that we receive the Holy Spirit as well. And one of the things that Jesus says to us, <clears throat> excuse, me, excuse me, is that um, if anyone loves me and he keeps my word, my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So God makes his home in us and he abides in us and he makes his abode in us and we are always yet seeking the Father and making our home in him did i say that right i think did i say that right we're seeking to make our abode in the father's heart okay (laughs) so we know that he makes his abode in us we need to be seeking to make our abode in him Um, and being um, temples of the living god but also seeking to live in a place that we are seeking his face and seeking his heart Um, in coming into the revelation of him we're only able to see him um, and to perceive the heart of the father as we're only able to see the heart of the father as we're able to understand or perceive him so it means that if there are certain aspects of you that or of God that you don't understand, you're, you're not going to be able to perceive him in that capacity. It's how like sometimes someone can offend you or do something or somebody can do something and then they can come back a few weeks later and be like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't understand, but I understand now. You may have understood at the time and you may even say to them like, why would you do that? Like that was not right, or you shouldn 't have done that because of whatever reason, but at that time they didn 't necessarily understand because they hadn 't had a revelation of that truth that it just wasn 't in them at that time so uh, we 're only able to see or perceive the heart of the Father and even to see him uh, to the measure of how're of the revelation that we 're given of him. This comes from ephesians one eighteen where it says um, the eyes of our hearts being in flooded with light so that we can understand uh, the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people and who are his rich and glorious inheritance and that's us his holy people his rich and and glorious inheritance. He's given us a new spiritual inheritance, a new spiritual lineage. We are uh, joint heirs and heirs and adopted into the family. And so now we need the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened so that we can comprehend his love. And um, when we perceive that love and we have a revelation of that love, it enables us to say oh this is what he meant when he was showing me you know we have an experience we have aha moments or we receive that that moment where we're like oh okay this is what that meant this is what God is saying he may give us a scripture it may just be an 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 unction in our heart or something that we feel um, but we are able to have our hearts flooded with light so that we can understand the hope that he has given us to those that he's called and who are his inheritance. Um, Life's experiences can blind us to truth. There's a a story, and I'm going to read some of it. I'm going to try and read it really quickly, because we can be walking with the truth and not comprehend the truth. We can be walking with the Father and not comprehend his heart we can be uh, in the midst, we can be in his presence and not even know him. We can be doing ministry and not know him um, and not know his heart. So in Luke 24, it talks about this was after Jesus was crucified and he had, uh, and he had died and um, uh, he was walking Um, in Emmaus Uh, you're probably familiar with this story he was walking in Emmaus so uh, it says that uh, uh, Mary Magdalene she had went to the tomb she had found it empty she went and got Peter and the other disciples Um, and it says Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look stooping he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings Um, then he went home again wondering what had happened That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you're walking along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleophas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here in the past few days. Uh, What things, Jesus asked, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people, Um, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Uh, Jesus, they were talking to Jesus. (laughs) They were talking to Jesus, but they could not perceive him. They couldn't see him. and so, uh, 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 as you go on, it says, they, um, as they were nearing Emmaus, the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if they were going on, and they begged him to stay. Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. So you can be walking literally with Jesus and not recognize him. Um, Another uh, example of of him not being perceived is in John um, uh, when um, actually it was when Jesus was talking to the religious leaders. And they kept asking him. If you remember in the beginning, I said that when God confirmed Jesus, the two times that God confirmed Jesus, once, once when he was baptized and he came out of the water and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, and he um, also, when he was on the sermon of, uh, or I'm sorry, the Mount of Transfiguration. But when he was baptized, after he was baptized, the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. And we know the first thing that the enemy did was said, if you really are the son of God. He, he questioned his identity. Well, the same thing happens with the religious leaders. They ask and they say, if, you're, if you are the son of God, why don't you tell us? And Jesus always said to them, if you knew my father, you would know me. But because you're, you're not, your father is not my father. Your father is the devil. He killed the prophets in the beginning. He's the father of lies. He was a murderer from the beginning. And those are whose father that's your father. You're one of his children. You are his children. And they were like, our father is, you know, <laughs> that's our father is Abraham. But they had the Messiah in their presence and they didn't perceive him. They didn't have a heart open to receive him. And God said, No man comes to the Father unless They come through the sun, and they did not have a a perception. They were not able to perceive God. So what am I saying in saying all of this? I'm saying that even in us walking with God, there are times that we may not have a perception of him. We may not perceive him. We may not see him correctly, and it may hinder us from receiving a greater capacity of his heart for us and his love. Um, the our life's experiences, our traumas, our insecurities, our flaws, our weaknesses, we all have them. Um, they can blind us to the truth. You know, even our own religion you know, we all sometimes struggle with that too. What we believe is right, what we think is what God is saying, and it may not necessarily be so. Um, and so we know that um, the God of this world, the enemy of our souls, blinds our heart and minds to the truth. And in our humanity, in our sin, in our uh, being people of flesh, we, uh can erect strongholds in our minds and in our hearts. We can become self-protective. We can begin to become guarded. We can begin to seek to uh, 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 create our own relationship with God on our own terms. And so uh, instead of it allowing God's love to pour and flow into us, it actually keeps it out. It blocks it. And so at this point, our protection sort of becomes a prison. It becomes a place that is no longer uh, allowing the light of God to flow through our hearts and to uh, move freely in order to uh, increase our level of knowledge and understanding of him. Um, So when this happens, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, we know our heart and our mind are connected. Um, so when we erect these strongholds in our hearts and these protective walls to keep us uh, safe, to keep us from uh, being vulnerable from pain, everyone is always you know, pursuing being happy and full of joy and pleasure. And we're always seeking to avoid pain and anything that's caused us pain, we're going to protect ourselves and 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 guard, you know. Um, but then this becomes God says in uh, Genesis fifteen one that He is our our shield. He he told uh, he told Abraham, I am I am your shield. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Um, but when we become our own shield, then. We're not walking in his love, but we're walking in self-protection and pride. So this keeps us from his love. Um, The heart and mind are connected. And so we know that we have to overcome these strongholds in our hearts and in our minds that want to keep us blind to the truth of God's love for us and keep us from growing in his love for us. Um, We want to endure. Um, We know that as we walk with the Lord and as we seek his face and as we seek his love and as we seek his heart, there's always going to be things that are trying to pull us off track and that cause us to not want to endure, that cause us not want to continue to seek him and to seek his heart. Um, because then if it gets us outside of who we are called to be as children of God and outside of our purpose then it's done what it's supposed to do Um, and a lot of times sometimes I won't say a lot of times this works Sometimes the enemy is able to pull us off of our square and pull us out of our identity as children of God, with persecution, with trials and with, with our past, with unanswered prayer, so to speak, if you know we're not receiving the answers that we believe that we should be in the time frame that we have said to God that we should get them, <laughs> we can get discouraged. Um, in the book of John 666. 66, Um, It talks about Jesus had just performed uh, so many uh, uh, miracles and and, and there were many, there was a multitude. This was after the the miracle of the uh, five loaves and the the five fishes and the five loaves. And there were tons of people following him. But then at that time, he told them, he said, you uh, are going to have to eat of my flesh and drink my blood. And if you want to continue to walk with me and the, you know, of course, then drinking blood was a definite no, no, that was like huge, like what? And so many were offended and they were disciples. It says many of his disciples were offended. And John 666 says that they turned and walked with him no more because they were offended by him. And so just because we start with him doesn't mean that we're going to finish. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I hope that you guys are not taking that, it that way. I'm not saying anybody in this room is not going to finish with God. But what I am saying is that our try, our, the trying of our faith is always trying to keep us from the heart of God and from finishing the race that's before us. And so in seeking God's heart and in seeking his love for us, there are always going to be things that are going to try to erect themselves and come up that are going to, that to block us from receiving his love and from knowing his heart and from growing in that love and from pouring that love out to others and helping others to grow. So as we walk with him knowing that things are seeking to be a stumbling block or to keep us from walking with him we know that in second corinthians ten, three, and 6 it tells us that though we walk in the flesh we're not waging war against things in the flesh um, for the weapons of our warfare are not through the flesh but have divine power to destroy stronghold to destroy strongholds and to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and we're able to take every and take every thought captive um, to obey Christ and to follow god 's heart so we're able anything that's coming against our relationship with God and our identity in him. We're able to cast down everything that's telling us, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't follow him, or you should turn back, or this is too hard, or this is not what you signed up for, or, this is not what you thought it was going to be. We're able to cast down those types of imaginations and bring into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to do that because we need to seek God's heart and face Diligently. And the enemy is always going to be shooting arrows at us against our faith, against our walk, against our call, against our identity, against our family, our children, everything to seek to get us off our square and to pull us out of what God is calling us to. So we have to remember to cast down those imaginations and remember that a part of who we are um, and a part of our identity in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. So we're able to, and we're seated in heavenly places with him. So we're able in casting down those imaginations and seeking God's heart to know that we're already going to overcome. Psalm 105.4 says, glory is his holy name um, and the heart of those who seek the Lord rejoice. One of the ways that we can truly seek God um, and uh, his character is by exploring the names of God. Um, This is a way that uh, if you are seeking his heart and you're just saying, hey, you know, I just want to know God more. I'm not necessarily struggling with anything. I'm not necessarily having any uh, issues. I just want to have a greater love i want to have a greater love for him and i want him to to see him in a greater way Um, one of those ways is to seek him by exploring the the names of him in the old testament these kind of give us um, a a picture of god um, and who he is uh, and 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 what he's capable of doing for us and you're able to grasp a hold of whatever you need in that characteristic of him um and then seek him in just that one respect. God is huge. He's just, <laughs> he's huge. We, our, our natural mind can't even comprehend him, but he reveals himself in several different ways. Um, and, and one of those ways is by the different names um, that, we're, that he goes by in the Old Testament. And in exploring the, old, the names, um, what speaks the most to your heart? Uh, what do you feel that you could draw the most from God's heart from his the different names and identities that he reveals himself as Um, maybe you desire to know him deeper in a greater way and seek him by uh, uh, knowing him as a a healer Uh, and and that's Jehovah Rapha and so if you need healing or you have a family member that needs healing, and you want to know love and healing, in the healing capacity, research and look into Jehovah Rapha. There are tons of examples in the Bible of God referring to himself as Jehovah Rapha. If you want to know him as the Almighty, El Shaddai, This refers to God as being completely nourishing, um, or I'm sorry, yes, completely nourishing, uh, satisfying, and supplying his people with all their needs. It is the God who freely gives uh, blessing and nourishment. It's the God who is the sustainer. Sometimes people you hear uh, people refer to El Shaddai as uh, the breasted one. It's kind of the feminine embodiment of of the Lord. And so if that's what you need, maybe you need to feel uh, the love of the Father in a nourishing way. Maybe it's nourishment emotionally. Uh, maybe you didn't uh, receive, uh, uh, maybe is there's something that happened in your life that caused you to be broken or that caused brokenness. And you need to feel uh, his love as a mother, as a sustainer, as a nurturer. Um, seek to know him as El Shaddai. Look him up as El Shaddai, and, and 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 watch all of the ways that God opens up the Word to you, and how He sustains His people as El Shaddai. There's El Elyon, <laughs> the Most High God, and this ex- expresses His extreme sovereignty, uh, uh, His Majesty, His His His. Uh, it, it it translates him into the exalted God, the God who sits high and looks low. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell within. God sits high in his temple. Maybe you desire to know him as master, as Lord, Adonai. Paul frequently referred to him as Adonai. Adonai is more frequently mentioned in the New Testament. Um, I think they said about 200 to, 200 to 300 times. And Adonai is a way that Paul frequently referred to God. And as he, he, he uh, related to God, he called himself a slave and a bondservant. Um, and so he frequently related to God as Adonai. And so if you're in the field or if you're, if you're working with people and you want to know more of God in this capacity, if you want to know or experience his heart more as a servant, um, then research him as Adonai. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, uh, the Lord is my refuge. Uh, this uh, is uh, God as, a, 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 as someone who... Uh, protects. The Lord, my banner, it wins victories. Uh, Jehovah Gabor, the mighty God of war. He's a God of war. He fights our battles. We sing that song, this is how I fight my battles. He fights our battles. We don't fight our battles. He fights our battles. And we war from a place of victory, but we war within him. And so Jehovah Gabor, if there's somebody in your life or if you yourself are dealing with something that is trying to overtake you, you know, you have a God that fights for you. You know, you have a God that's a God of war, that there's nothing that will overcome him. Uh, uh, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Maybe you're going through strife, maybe through stress, maybe anxiety and fear, Maybe the enemy is coming against you with panic attacks and anxiety attacks and depression. Experience God as Jehovah Shalom in your life. It'll give you a revelation of his peace. And it'll mantle and keep your heart and mind and guard it in Christ Jesus and getting to know him in that capacity. Jehovah, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Shama, the Lord is here. God is here. Jehovah Sikonu, the Lord is our righteousness. If you're struggling with maybe a sin, we all have sin. So if you're struggling with something, it's not our righteousness. Our righteousness is filthy rags, but God has imputed his righteousness into us. And so seek him as Jehovah Sikonu, the Lord our righteousness. And he's a God who reveals himself unceasingly in being Jehovah Sikonu. Um, El Olam the everlasting God the eternal God the forever God maybe you desire to know him as that everlasting father there are Tons. These are just. This is just a glimpse of some of the names that he's known as. There are so many names of God in the, um, in the Old Testament, and I encourage you to find what it is that you feel as if is lacking in your heart, or or even maybe not even lacking. What is it that? How do you desire to know God more? How do you desire to draw closer to Him? What is it that you desire to see? Because he he gives us a the desires of our heart according to his will and his will is for us to know him and to love him and to walk with him so what is it that you want to know more about him what is it that you feel as if would give you a greater revelation of his heart his spirit his mind towards you because ultimately if you seek that part of his heart you'll grow in that and you'll grow in that revelation and your heart will have a capacity to receive even more of him. So that's all I have for today. <laughs> I wanted to uh, give, every, give um, I know that some, a couple of people had said to me that they wanted an opportunity to ask questions. So I'll give a couple of minutes to ask questions if anybody has any, but then um, we are going to pray if you'd like. Um, And we, uh, I hope uh, that you have, uh, that God has opened your eyes to another part of his heart and to be able to experience him in another way. I I hope that you um, have been blessed by his word uh, and that he's able to give you a greater revelation of who he is and his heart for you. So does anyone have any questions?